Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. I'm Matt. I'm Paul. Welcome to Basketball. Today we're going to talk about the draft, but we're not going to talk about the draft like every other person who covers basketball talks about the draft, because frankly, I'm too lazy to do all the research that it requires to do in-depth analysis, and so is Paul. And double frankly, no one has any idea what's going on. I want, I like research what different draft experts were saying, and I got four, 14 different like, completely different lists. This draft might be one of the biggest clusterfucks in a long time, honestly. Like, yeah. last year you have Zion number one. It's like, of course he's the number one pick. Right. There's yep. other years where it's like, of course they're the number one pick. Yep, and of course they're getting drafted. And But, like, New Orleans was obviously taking Zion because New Orleans didn't really have a lot going for them. This year there's a lot of teams where it's like, maybe they trade their pick. Maybe they try to get... A veteran instead of a young person. Maybe they just take the best player available. Available. You'd, there's so many variables that no one knows. Anyone who claims that they know is going to be wrong on draft night. And so we're just not even going to try. The team that I love the most, the Wolves, have the number one pick. And I just hope to Christ they don't pull a fucking Anthony Bennett. That's all I hope <laughs> for this year. Before we dive into, so how we're going to cover it, though, is basically we're just going to talk about bad teams because we've talked about good teams, good players. We're going to talk about shitty teams, including my Wolves. Yep. And my Hawks. So the draft is supposed to be a theoretical ordering of the worst team to the best team. Theoretically, the worst team gets the top pick. It helps them become a good team faster. The team with the best record gets the last pick because they just, you know, won the championship or had the best regular season record. And they don't need any more help. Right. So, Matt's beloved Timberwolves have the number one pick, which means, in my rankings, they're the worst team in the league. They pretty much are. They're not They're not quite the worst team. We'll, we'll get into some others, but... Before we get into that, though, I want to I wanna bring up a really great story. I was, like, going through Twitter and looking at some other things the other day, and I saw that there was a new episode of LeBron James' show, The Shop, which is on HBO, and it's him and Mav Carter basically just shooting the shit in a barbershop. Now they're in different spots because of COVID, but they had Obama on, which was super cool. And I'm like, okay, cool, awesome, LeBron and Obama. Come to find out, let's go back to, and we brought it up earlier on an earlier episode, the playoffs, the Kenosha shooting happens, Jacob Blake police-involved shooting in Wisconsin. A lot of racial stuff gets reignited after George Floyd. And the Milwaukee Bucks playing the Orlando Magic, they do a wildcat strike. They say, fuck it, we're not playing. Yep. The rest of the games that night, I believe the Lakers and the Trailblazers played the final game that night. Also were like, fuck it. Solidarity as players. Yep, which was really cool to see. It was cool. There were talks at the time that they were maybe going to end the season, but there wasn't anything concrete. Like, there wasn't any concrete reporting that it was actually going to end. Right, because no, no one knew because this was a last-second decision by the Bucks, And they were like, we just, we can't do this. And so then the whole question was, okay, this came out of, basically, I mean, it didn't come out of nowhere, but the actual action of it wasn't prepared. So then it was like, how do we 
How do we go forward? So, yeah, there was no... No one knew what was going to happen at that point. They're like, oh shit, is the season over? We thought it would be COVID that would end it, but maybe it's this. All of a sudden, miraculously it seemed, oh, season's back on. There were concessions made by like the owners and the league. They came to some agreement stuff. Yeah. Um, agreements about some things. Anyway, fast forward to now, we find out Barack Obama saved the fucking season. What, so, can, what can't Obama do? Shout out to Obama, <laughs> by the way. I can't believe it's taken us this long to give an Obama shout out, but shout out to Barack Obama. So here's basically what happened from, from what they say in the show. Um, this whole thing happened. Chris Paul, who is the president of the um, Players Union, he, I guess, I think he's actually tighter with Obama than anybody because he and LeBron were together and he's like, I'm going to call up Obama. It was like midnight. And they were together... They were with, um, who else were they with? Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook, which I thought was kind of weird. I didn't know he was part of that group, but it was the four of those. Yeah, he can them. But but what a world where it's just like, I'm Chris Paul and I'm going to call up Obama. And Obama's just doing whatever. And he's like, oh, Chris Paul is calling me. Like, just <laughs> like, what a world. So they talk to him about what's going on. And he's basically like, look. You guys have a right to be pissed off. You have a right to do what you're doing with the Wildcat strike. Ending the season is probably not the best idea because it's nothing actionable. Like, you have so much pull and you have such a big platform. Use it. And so he convinced them to continue and make get some concessions from the league and from ownership. And frankly, i got to be honest with you, I'm pretty sure a lot of it was self-serving, too, because Obama loves basketball. So he's probably like, you motherfuckers, I'm in quarantine. I'm not going to have the NBA ruined for me, goddammit. His, his inner monologue play. is like, oh, goddamn, I don't want the NBA to be shut down. But, you know, Black Lives Matter, all that stuff, I get it. How do I put this eloquently? He's like, play basketball. <laughs> Care about social justice, yeah. which is very important, but please, for the love of Christ, play basketball. So, shout out to Obama for, you know, always being a G, always being the best, always keeping it real. You think he was ever like, hey, LeBron, you might win the title. Maybe you should play the season out. That probably also happened because Obama's always the like the voice of reason. Yeah. He always brings the calm into it like... Hey, LeBron James, best basketball player in the fucking world. You're uh, you're how old? You're 35? You have a very good shot at winning the title. And what if you actually gave it a go, you know? <laughs> and what I think is cool is they continued all the Black Lives Matter programming, I guess, if you will, throughout the entire playoffs through the finals. It was just yep. there. Unapologetic. Love it. Yep. Awesome. Anyway... Shout out to Barack Obama for being the best. Number 44. That's right. Now from the best to the worst, the Minnesota Timberwolves with the number one overall pick. Matt, what does your team do in the draft? Like we said earlier, nobody knows. The what? nice thing is the Timberwolves, here's the here's the good thing about being a Timberwolves fan currently. <laughs> this, they, is, this is a lot of circular logic that's going to happen right here. Prepare yourself. They have the most competent front office they've had in 15 to 20 years. Maybe even ever. So they have a somewhat competent front office. No, they actually have a very competent front office. Gerson Rosas, who is the president of basketball operations, 
came from Houston under Daryl Morey. Okay, worked for Houston for a long time. They have Sachin Gupta, who created the ESPN trade machine, has been, uh, he was in Detroit, I think, before Minnesota. So they have a good front office. I know, I'm just giving you shit about it. <laughs> Fuck you, Paul. They have a good, they have a good front office. Timberwolves fans get so defensive when you're like, hey, your team kind of sucks. You're like, hey, hey, hold on. Well, here's, here's why. Because we've had to defend terrible front offices for so long. <laughs> yeah. Like, we actually, I mean, we actually have a good front office now. Legitimately. Yeah, you do. We don't have fucking David Kahn or fucking Tom Thibodeau. Kahn. Kahn was the, the worst. Anyway, what? I don't know how he ever conned his way, pun intended, uh, into an NBA job. Kahn was the best when you're a fan of a different team. Because you're like, hey, maybe he'll like trade away their best player and we'll give him... Like, the worst pick in the draft. David Kahn is like if Jerry Krause never got Michael Jordan. It's like if Jerry Krause was in a shitty franchise, honestly. Because they were both as inseparable as each other. R.I.P. Jerry Krause. So, as a Timberwolves fan, what do you want them to do? I actually don't... I honestly don't have a preference. So, what I want them to do is the right move, which I don't know what that is because I'm not in the front office. Here are the couple of scenarios, which it sounds like... So what I like is they're considering every scenario. I think ideally they want to move the number one pick. The most ideal scenario, it sounds like a lot of people have talked about, is they want to acquire another star. I don't think that probably happens. It sounds like Ben Simmons is their number one target, which we don't know with Daryl Morey now being in Philly. He has the relationship with the Gerson Rosas. Maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't. We have no idea what kind of team they're going to surround Doc Rivers with. Yep. There's so many unknowns in Philly. Yeah. Any, so, anything could happen. I think that's probably the ideal situation. I think if that can't happen, their next situ their next ideal is trading down in the draft, getting a still a high pick, but a high pick and a decent player. So there have been some things floated out there of like trading down to the number three pick with Charlotte. And getting a good player like Miles um, Bridges, potentially. I know you don't think they'll part with him. Or, I, honestly, I can't remember his name. Oh, um, PJ Washington? So let's talk about Charlotte for a moment. Because they have the number three pick. They are arguably the worst team in the league. Yes. Like, the lottery isn't perfect. But I would say Minnesota is a better team than Charlotte. And let me break it down quickly before Paul goes deeper. The reason that Minnesota is better than Charlotte, and obviously Golden State is better than Charlotte. They had just had injuries. Golden State has the number two pick. Yes. So it's Minnesota, Golden State, and then Charlotte. Charlotte has no building blocks, really. Like, right, they, nothing concrete. Minnesota has Carl Anthony Towns, who is one of the best big men in the league. They have D'Angelo Russell, who is a top seven or eight point guard. Top ten point guard. He's a, he's, he's a top 10 point guard. He's a top 10 point guard in the Western Conference. Fuck you, Paul. <laughs> right. Charlotte has Devontae Graham, who's nice. But he's not cat nice. Anyway, cat, no. cat, cat's a building block cornerstone. Cat's Period. A build, cat's Charlotte, a Charlotte doesn't have it. That's the difference. And right behind Charlotte are the Chicago Bulls, who are also <laughs> kind of like floating around. They have... Laurie Markkinen, but he's been floated in trade rumors. Zach Levine has also been. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they blow it all up in Chicago again. Because yeah. they have Billy Donovan. Who knows? Yep. Chicago and Charlotte are both kind of like, if 
if you just keep doing what you're doing, maybe you get a high draft pick who actually changes the outcome of your franchise. It's this draft is so unknown though. It's that's really a gamble. Maybe you blow it all up and if you're trade the Wolves, would you trade the number one for the number four on Laurie Markinen? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's not even because he and Cat might be a little redundant, but they would probably work well together. Honestly, it's talent and the number four pick. Because there's always picks in the draft who come later who turn out to be really good, like Jimmy Butler who we just got done like orgasming about for the entire final series was a number 30 pick in the draft. Well, the other thing is too, as we alluded to earlier, this draft is so up in the air. What I've heard consistently, the one thing I've heard consistently about this draft is that basically picks one through 14, it doesn't really matter the order, honestly. Right. Unless your front office is dead set on one person and they're like, Oh my God, this guy, like we know something no one else knows. We want this guy. It's sort of just a crapshoot, you know, and it's some of it's just what your team needs, and you just fill by position. So I think the most likely, basically long, drawn-out answer short, to me the most likely scenario on draft night is the Wolves trade down. It could be to number three. I would say three to six, probably getting number six on John Collins from Atlanta. Oh, fuck you, Matt. No, that's not going to happen. But I think they probably trade down to still get a pretty high draft pick, but get a high draft pick and also get a young piece. Because their core is so young. If they can add a nice young player, maybe that doesn't get into the playoffs this year, but maybe in a year or two. The Western Conference is just so ridiculous right now. They don't even need to think about it unless they're going for all out for a star. Right. If you can get a star, that seems worth it. Stars are very valuable in the league, obviously. And if you'd rather have a known star than draft a potential star. Yes. Now, um, Charlotte, like you were saying, though, I mean, Charlotte has a lot of issues. Charlotte has a lot of issues. So I was I was going to talk about Atlanta for a second, actually, before Charlotte. Sure. Al- Atlanta is similar to Minnesota in a way. They have the number. Atlanta has the number six pick, so not nearly as valuable as the number one. But they're in a position, too, where they could use just, like, a quality veteran. You can, you're not going to get a star with a number six pick, but, like, if they trade it and they get a quality player who's above average, I think that's a win for the team because they have playoff goals. Who are you thinking? I'm what not, caliber of player? Caliber of player would be uh, maybe, like, Kelly Oubre. Like an above average player who is available for trade. What about Drew Holiday? Drew, I think the price tag on Drew Holiday is going to be too high. Which I think is ridiculous because he's, I think, overrated, but that's another conversation. Yeah. I think if maybe a Karis Levert. Yeah. Um, well, so, and they're, I mean, the Nets are going to be shopping anyway. They're shopping, right. Yeah. But, but someone like that who's available for trade isn't like, oh my God, can you believe that this player was traded? You know, but someone you really not like, like when you sign Kent Bazemore. No, I, I love I love Kent Bazemore. <laughs> Kent Bazemore is great. Maybe he comes back home. But a player like that who doesn't move the needle a lot, but is just a quality rotation piece. I think Atlanta could do something like that. But they're one of these teams that's in a position, kind of like the Timberwolves, where they're actually trying to go for the playoffs. Except because they're in the East, Atlanta. Hey, my big prediction right now, early prediction: Atlanta is the number eight seed in the playoffs next year. That's yeah, my prediction. That's- I think that's the team goal. 
if they're not in the playoffs. I don't give a shit about their goal. It's my prediction, Paul. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) So so let's talk about some of the teams around them. Because all these teams are in the East, and they all suck. So the number three, Charlotte, we already talked about a little bit. Four is Chicago. The number five pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers. The number seven pick, Detroit Pistons. Number eight pick, New York Knicks. Number nine, Washington Wizards. God damn. It, there's a lot of bad teams. So, <laughs> which... Let, let's start with the Hornets because we kind of talked about them. So, let's dive into Charlotte for a second. I almost don't even know where to start with all of these teams. So, with basically, <laughs> the thing with Charlotte is this. Charlotte has an identity crisis. A lot of these teams do. But Charlotte has an identity... Charlotte has had an identity crisis for a long time. Not yes. all of these teams have. No. They have Devontae Graham. They have Terry Rogier. They have some good pieces, but they haven't had that impact player to to really give them an identity. And honestly, it's so shocking to me that, and this is no offense to Michael Jordan, but a team that he owns has no identity. It's kind of crazy because he's such a personality and he has such a gravitas around him, I guess. It's surprising to me that the team is just like, eh, okay. <laughs> Right. I mean, they're looking for the star. They're looking for that player to build around. Maybe it's Devontae Graham. Well, Maybe. I mean, the big the big news is that Charlotte wants James Wiseman, who is a big man from Memphis. He is kind of a kind of that player who can do it all as a big man. He can shoot the three a little bit like he's very versatile. So they want James Wiseman. It sounds like they might be willing to trade up to uh to the number one yep. pick for it, but and and if they do that, then they'll probably still be out of the playoffs next year. They, you know, depending on how he develops with their other players, they may be just years away from even sniffing the playoffs. <laughs> and I mean, no one really knows. Cleveland, they just won the title in 2016, and then I mean, LeBron left and they just basically collapsed. They have a few nice pieces like Colin Sexton is decent they have kevin love who will probably be traded somewhere if they can um he just his contract is massive his contract is ridiculous but i think kevin love i mean i don't know if anyone will take him right now maybe next year and he might be a buyout candidate where at the trade deadline they just buy him out and they're like go be free just go go do your thing you know we don't need you here um tristan thompson was nice he's also on a contract that's too much for what he is, but he might be a buyout candidate. They're another team where it's just kind of like, what What are you doing? What are you looking for? If Kevin Love gets bought out, my money is that he goes to the Trailblazers, by the way. That's my money. Okay. That's my money. He, he would fit in there pretty well. He's he's from the area. He's from Portland, so. Yeah, okay. Um, That's my, or has family there. So, yeah, he went to high school there. So that's, that's my okay. bet. Yeah, I like it. I mean, he would fit in there pretty well. He really would. He's like. No offense to Melo, but he's, at this point, an upgrade. And he probably plays center. They probably play alongside each other. Well, Nurkic. Oh, yeah. Nurkic is good. But Kevin Love <laughs> is, I mean, he's, like, really, he's really lost a lot of weight. Like, he's really slimmed down, and he can, I mean, honestly, he can play a three to five. I mean, if, yeah, if your four rotation is Kevin Love and Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench or something, like. You're, you're feeling pretty good. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. Yep. So, the team with arguably the worst position to be in right now, the Detroit Pistons. Mm. 
they have an injured Blake Griffin, a um, a good player in Christian Wood, and pretty much nothing. And they're gonna have. They might even let Christian Wood walk. So it's like if you're if you're Detroit, I don't know what you do. You have the number seven pick. You're basically going to draft someone, hope that you strike gold, drafts just like the best player in the draft of the number seven pick. You can underpay Christian Wood, and you're able to trade Blake Griffin. That's like your only path is like rolling snake eyes three times in a row. Let me even riddle you this because I think it's not even that. I don't, I don't even think it's that green. I don't think I don't think it's even that nice. Here's what I think. If I'm Detroit, if I'm the front office, I go. Let's let's take the best talent available at number seven. We actually don't give a shit if he's good or not. That doesn't matter. Yeah, you have to take the We're best gonna player. We're going to trade Blake Griffin. Um, but Blake Griffin's getting a lot of money and he's been hurt. I don't know who takes him. Okay, try to trade him. Yeah. Whatever. We're going to start over. We're going to give our worst players playing time. And go for the number one pick in 2021 because the 2021 draft is supposed to be aces. So I right. think Detroit doesn't give a shit about this year. I think they pick who they, who is logically the best player available. And they know they're going to suck even worse next year and hopefully can get the number one pick. That's what I think. All right, that's enough talk about that. Let's talk about the Knicks. The New York Knickerbockers. The New York Suckers is more like it because they suck. And their front office. How about the New York fuckers because they have Tom Thibodeau? Fuck him. <laughs> By the way, fuck you, Tom Thibodeau. You goddamn piece of shit. Fucking don't like you at all. So Tom Thibodeau has to coach basically nobody's. They they really have no one who RJ Barrett, out. Kevin Knox, like eh, Yeah. Eh, it's, like eh. is Frank Dilakina still on the team? I think. Here's the funny thing about <laughs> the Knicks. There's these I, I actually feel bad for Knicks fans. Oh, I feel bad for Knicks fans for a long James time. James Dolan is just the biggest piece of shit in the yeah. history of sports, basically. By the way, well, by the way, hold on. I just need to speak to James Dolan for a minute. Okay. okay. James Dolan, sell the team. Everybody thinks you're a piece of shit. You think you're a musician with your cool hat? You're a fucking nerd. You're you're a fucking has-been loser nobody who just has a lot of money. Yeah. Sell the fucking team. The New York Knicks used to be cool as shit. That's oh, a yeah. cool city. Oh, People yeah. love it. Madison People want to root. Garden? Absolutely. Oh. Rockin'. Mecca. But, you, dude, when you kicked out Charles Oakley from the garden, dude. go fuck yourself. Yeah. That was like no. No, one, no one liked you before that. They hated you after that. <laughs> I feel like if Patrick Ewing were kicked out of the Garden, there would be riots. I mean, it wouldn't change anything. No, every everyone already knows that Dolan's a shit owner. No matter what he does from here on out, he's always going to be a shit owner. If they win the title next season, he's still a shit owner who lucked into a title. There's no changing it. But he's the reason they're in a perpetual state um, of shit. Yeah, I was going to say a perpetual lake of shit. <laughs> They're in shit lake. Shit ocean. Shit. Galaxy. Galaxy. <laughs> shit universe. We're not even Knicks fans. And 
We just feel bad. for I feel Knicks bad. Fans. Knicks fans, I'm really sorry because I understand what it's like to root for a franchise that perpetually sucks ass. So I'm no. sorry. <laughs> and with the with the Knicks, there's almost no promise of anything. So well, that's what I was gonna say. So the thing with the Knicks, it's so I feel bad for fans because I understand it. I'm the same way. You hold on for hope, and so basically, a player comes and they pretty much underperform for a few years. You're like talking to other people, but actually. Kevin Knox is, is pretty good, and he's yeah. you're trying to fool yourself into believing yeah. people he are made, good, and they're not. He made three jump shots last night. Yeah. And it's like, okay, he's still shooting like 20% yeah. from the field. It's it's just not. Oh, but he plays defense. Okay. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no. Yeah, like, stop fooling yourself. Your team defense is like I know you want him NBA. to be Aaron Gordon, but he's not. No. No one on your team is. No. Aaron Gordon would probably be the best player on that team. Mitchell Robinson is maybe their best player, and, oh. and he can't shoot outside of three feet. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> I mean, Mitchell Robinson's a good player. He's a good piece, but... That it. <laughs> that, you're not like, wow, I want to trade for Mitchell Robinson and build my franchise around him. Like, I would trade for Cat and build my franchise around Cat. I wouldn't do the same. He's a good player, but... Yeah, I mean, it's like Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, who's on his third team. I and forgot that Julius Randle was on the Knicks. Yeah, he's it's doing just stuff. Not... Julius, Ra- Julius Randle, is, he's a worse Giannis. They're both like, what if I just run into people and throw the ball at the rim? Giannis makes them. Julius Randle just turns the ball over a lot. Julius Randle should be on a playoff team in a smaller role. He'd be good, actually. I like yeah. Julius Randle as a player. I think he's a good player, but he's not a star. Well, he's not a primary ball handler, no. which he's asked to do sometimes too, and it's just like maybe a point guard. But then that's like asking DeAndre Jordan to be your primary ball handler. Yeah, and man, they got Dennis Smith Jr. from the Mavs in the Kristaps trade. He hasn't worked. It's just I it, think that's the thing, though, Paul. You you honestly you sum it up very perfectly for the Knicks. Their slogan for the past decade plus is. It hasn't worked. It is. It ain't working. <laughs> I mean, nothing like nothing. At least both Atlanta and Minnesota have had, especially Atlanta when they were going to the playoffs with Horford and Millsap yeah. and that things worked. Minnesota even went to the playoffs one time. At least that worked. Nothing with the Knicks has worked. Nothing. Dude, the Knicks are like the anti Spurs because the Spurs will take random people and make them into like valuable playoff rotation pieces. You're like. Holy shit, Marco Bellinelli's coming into the game. He's going to make three threes and we're going to go down. And then players like that go to the Knicks and they're just like, yeah, I'm going to have a career worst year. Guaranteed. Just guaranteed. The Knicks are like the twins of the NBA <laughs> because players go to the twins who had a great year and then they just suck ass. It's terrible. <laughs> so, yes, I would agree with that. So, who's next? Uh, after the Knicks. The Washington Wizards with the number nine pick. The Wizards are in a precarious situation because they have a very mediocre coach in Scott Brooks. They have a John Wall post-injury. Coming back. We'll see what can happen. They have a really unhappy Bradley Beal. Can't blame him for that. No. He's he's apparently off the trade block. We'll see. So, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen. But he's... The Wizards' expectations are to make the playoffs. Yeah, which is absurd. It's just, you're asking for, like, a prime John Wall coming off of a serious injury. Bradley Beal to just actually 
play defense and maintain his offensive production. And Scotty Brooks to make good in-game adjustments. Yeah, I don't even know, I don't even know who their center is. I I just no one cares about the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> they I, really don't. I would have to actually prepare. We watch a lot of NBA games. We really do. How many Washington Wizards can we name? Is Ian Mahimi still on the team? Why don't you bring up their roster right now? Let's do it. We're stretching this. All right. How? You the, gotta, you gotta honestly, the how last Wizard Center I remember is Marcin Gortat, and I feel like he retired about five years ago. Shout out to Marcin Gortat. <laughs> I I loved watching Marcin. Gortat. He was a really good player. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna name some names. Oh, Thomas Bryant. That's who their center is. Okay. Um, Troy Brown Jr. is a player in the NBA. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they do have Ian Mahimi. I was right. Oh, they have Rui Hakamura. Or I, I think I butchered that. Maybe I did. He was he was their draft pick from last year. Okay. He's a solid wing. He's okay. Uh, Gary Payton the second. Davies Pertans if they re-sign him. Because he's a free agent. Who else? Uh, Ish Smith. Okay. Moritz Wagner. Moritz. This is not a good team. It's not a good team. You're you're asking. You're for- betting on John Wall and Bradley Beal to both have All Star seasons, and other role players to find their way under a mediocre coach. It ain't gonna right. happen. Yeah, you're asking for like Thomas Bryant, Rui Hakamura, and. You're asking, honestly, their other player is. you're asking for the role players to turn into the Denver Nuggets. That's what you're yeah. asking. Yeah, yeah, you basically are. It's not going to happen. Yep, except instead of a point guard in the center, you just have two guards and other players who aren't as good as anyone on the Denver Nuggets team. If the Wizards <laughs> had Jeremy Grant, he would automatically be their, their third best player. So, and maybe even their second best player, depending on John Wall coming back. They have Jerry and Grant. Oh, his brother, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so there you go. They got their own version. Like, if they got any of the, like, if they got Jeremy Grant or Gary Harris or Michael Porter Jr., any of those would automatically be the third best player on that team. Yes. By a long shot. Yes. Not even close. Yep. And Denver has all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> Monte Morris would actually probably be the third best player on that team. He probably would be. Yeah, and he was still no be, offense to Monte Morris, but he was still yeah. be off the bench. Yep, as of as of right now, I think there's more potential with some of their other players, maybe, but it's not a very inspiring team. Also, we did not research that at all, <laughs> but we didn't talk about Atlanta at all yet because they have the number six pick. And when you're talking about the Wizards who have playoff aspirations, Atlanta is in my book, even though they're very very young. They're in a much yes. better position to make the playoffs because their talent. Yeah, if you want to bring up Atlanta's roster, I mean, where the Wizards have a couple people we know, again, a questionable John Wall just because of injury. John Wall is a great player um, when he's healthy. He is, but he's been out for a long time. But let's let's talk through some Hawks players, and we'll talk about the actual you know depth and quality that there is. Yeah, so we have a Timberwolves legend Jeff Teague. <laughs> on the Hawks. <laughs> Jeff Teague would be the third best player on the Wizards, though. That's the thing. I, I don't know Jeff Teague I would be. I think he the, would be. Jeff, Jeff Teague was... Yeah, 
I should hold my breath. He he won some games for the Hawks. He also lost some games for, Same the, for the Wolves. <laughs> when when Jeff Teague signed with the Wolves, Paul was like, "You are soon going to understand Jeff Teague." <laughs> the Jeff Teague experience. Yep. Some games you're like, "Wow, he's really worth the 17 million a year we're paying him." Other games you're like, uh, "He should be benched immediately and not see the court for the next week while he figures out like what lobotomy just happened in his brain." And that's the Jeff Teague experience for you. They have Trey Young. Trey Young is the best player on the team right now. Yep. Will be. He's he's kind of the cat. He's Trey Young is Steph Curry light, and I mean that in the best way. Yeah. He's he's kind of their Bradley Beal also. Yep. Bradley Beal is actually a very apt comparison. They're both very bad on defense and very good on offense. Trey Young is a better passer. Bradley Beal's probably a slightly better shooter. But Trey Young is one of the best passers in the NBA. He is, statistically. Yep. And it's not like he's been passing to, like, Clay Thompson. You know, you're talking about Steph Curry late. He's passing to, well, last year he was passing to rookies. Yeah. He's passing to, like, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. John so let's talk about those t- those two rookies, though. Those, so those two, from from everything I've heard, they're off limits in trade talks. Those are the three players. You got Trey, DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter, and Cam Reddish. Those are what the Hawks see as their future going forward. And... Really, Hunter and Reddish are there is just like three and D guys. Just lock down defense because Trey will always be liable on defense. But stay in the corner, make some shots, and that's a winning team right there. So they're going to have two guys in their second year that are that can be productive wings. They're not going to be stars, but they can produce. Yep, because they were both lottery picks. They were the number yep. four and the number ten pick last year. Um, John Collins is really good. He's underrated. He's a really good player when he's there. Uh, part of the reason the Hawks didn't do so well last year is he had a PED suspension for the first 30-something games. Hey. Hey, just makes you better when you're in, baby. <laughs> yeah, John Collins is a walking but 2010. He is. Yeah, and they lost a lot of games when he was not there, and then he came back and they started winning a few. And he can shoot the three. He can shoot the three really well, actually, for being a small forward. They traded for Clint Capella, who's the best center they've had in years. Um, and they got Dwayne Dedman back, who they let go to Sacramento, and then just traded back for him. <laughs> because but Dedman's Sacramento not a bad piece. No, he's not bad. He was Well, he was bad in Sacramento. He was good when he was on the Hawks. So they have enough players in the rest of the East, the teams we were just talking about. Who like, else? Anyone else? Anybody else to mention? Anyone else worth mentioning? Uh, Kevin Herter. Yeah. Red Velvet. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be probably the shooting guard. So it'll be Trey, Kevin Herter, some form of Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, and Clint Capella. will be the starting five. But Kevin Herter... John can... Collins? Oh, yeah. Fuck. I don't know. You keep forgetting players, Paul. <laughs> Maybe Herter comes off the bench. Um, he's a good shooter. He has a little bit of liability on defense, too. But... He's in his... So maybe he does. Maybe he's their sixth man because he has a liability on defense. Yeah. I mean, he's been... I think that he's going into his third year in the NBA, so there's still so know, room to grow. Basically just a bunch of young, super young players that have all pretty high ceilings. I they, honestly think Atlanta's best case scenario is that they have a ton of like nightmare contract scenarios where they're like, fuck, we don't know who to sign. That's their best case. Yeah. Because, I mean, Trey's going to get money. John Collins right now is looking at getting some money the john collins scenario is tough because trey's a max player 
Hundred percent. Trey's a max player. It's like not even a thought. But John Collins, it's tough because he is a walking twenty ten. But is he worth the max? Some would, team might give him the max. Charlotte might give him the max because he would be the best player on Charlotte. Like not, hands down. Not a lot of people realize this about John Collins because he's played for some bad teams. But he's more than just you know the the stats on a bad team type of guy. Like he is a good player. Yeah, if he went to Charlotte. If he went to Detroit... Well, he's like Kevin Kevin Love we talked about earlier, right? Kevin Love had... So, John Collins' stats may be a little inflated. Like, Kevin Love's stats were a little inflated on Minnesota. But he went yeah. to Cleveland and was a really good player on a championship yeah, team. Yeah, because if you can shoot and you can play defense, you can still shoot and play defense no matter where you are. Maybe you're getting more touches when you're on a bad team, but your Kevin Love's defense actually improved in Cleveland. Your efficiency should, efficiency should stay the same. And... Your your efficient chi. Our efficient chi. Your efficient chi. (laughs) How is my chi? I I don't know. Probably bad. Hey, how's how's President (laughs) Chi? Adam Silver asking you, buddy. Hey, looking over there. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Daryl Morey. (laughs) So, yeah, the best case scenario for the Hawks is that they have to trade somebody when they come up for a contract extension. I personally hope John Collins gets the Jalen Brown treatment where you have. Uh, Jason Tatum getting the max, and Jason, Jason or uh, Jalen Brown, who's very good but doesn't quite get the max, gets a little under that, and stays with the team. I think that's probably the best case scenario and a decent parallel for him. Also, hot take: Jalen Brown deserves the max. <laughs> and, but really, that that's the best case scenario is that you have a max player you're paying the max and a max player who you're paying a little under the max, because. Yeah, I think Jalen Brown would get the max from different teams. Maybe John Collins is like, you know, hey, I like Atlanta. We got a good team. I get a lot of... They're not on Boston's trajectory, though, currently. I mean, playing with Trey is nice for other players, though. Sure. Because John Collins gets open threes. Oh, he yeah. He gets lobs and dunks. He gets highlight reels. Yes. If he signs with Charlotte, he'll be the best player, but then he's just going to die. You know, maybe you're making $4 million a year, but you ain't sniffing Sports Center. You know, you just go back you go back home and you cry yourself to sleep at night. And he hasn't played next to anybody like Clint Capella in the front court either. That would make a huge no. difference, I think. So that that matchup, you know, that pairing will be interesting. And Capella's defense, I mean That's that's why the Hawks want to make the playoffs. They see they that they have good players, everyone should be better next year. And if everyone's better, they're the eighth best team in the NBA on paper in the Eastern Conference on paper. So, back to our other bad teams. I wanted to touch on a team in the Western Conference, the Sacramento Kings, who <laughs> traded Dwayne Dedman back to the Atlanta Hawks, as I mentioned. They have Kent Bazemore. They had. They, they uh, have Harrison Barnes. Buddy Heald is one of those trade targets where it's like, is he going to be traded? If he gets traded, what's, who, what's who Sacramento's else gets, pick? Who else gets traded? Number 12. So... They're they're not a good team. No, and and they're in a bad position for the twelve pick too because they honestly yeah. they should be a way higher pick because they suck. Now, I don't. They would have to sweeten the pot, but I could see Minnesota potentially biting on like a Buddy Heald in twelve, plus maybe a future something for the number one and maybe seventeen because Buddy Heald would fit well in Minnesota. Oh yeah, and he would be yeah their third best player. Yeah. 
So I, I would actually, I would love that. Buddy Hield's a good player, and he needs a better opportunity than the fucking Kings. Yeah. I mean, De'Aaron Fox, he's good, but if you trade Buddy Hield, are you trading him also? Are you just building around him with some pieces? I don't. Again, the Kings have an identity crisis, and their coach is going to get fired. Fired. Luke Walton is the head coach. The Kings' biggest He's gone. The Kings' biggest problem that they're just gonna <laughs> fans of their team are just gonna like weep about for centuries is that instead of drafting Luka Doncic last year with the or two years ago, two years ago with the number two overall pick. Yep, they took Marvin Bagley, who has barely seen the court and when he has played hasn't been like overwhelmingly amazing you know deandre ayton was taken number one in that draft to the phoenix suns he's been getting better he's he's a solid player both luca and trey young are better than deandre ayton as of right now yes and they're, they're quite too, quite a bit better their ceilings are higher you know but you can still talk yourself into deandre ayton when you have Devin Booker, you have offense. Yes. You know, having a really talented big man is not the worst thing for no, him. No, not at all. Obviously, you want the best player available pretty much all the time. But Marvin Bagley just does not – he just hasn't been good. It, I mean, they basically lost the number two pick. It's like it, it just didn't happen. And the possibility that you could have had a superstar talent – and just left it on the table, that's a that's a team killer right there. That's gonna haunt them for a long time. Cause let's say they want to let's say that they want to trade you Marvin Bagley. They say, hey, we got the number two pick from two years ago. You give us number one, we'll give you twelve, Marvin Bagley and like Harrison Barnes. I would say Go fuck yourself. Yeah, because what are you gonna do with Marvin Bagley? No, I would take the number twelve, Buddy Healed. I don't know who else they have. Bring hey, up the Kings for a second, hey, Paul. Your, your boy Bielitsa could come back. Oh, I love Bielitsa. Actually, I would take Bielitsa back. Bielitsa is a good player. Maybe, maybe that would do it for me or for them. I'm not the team, so <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably depends on uh, Juancho Hernagona's status. Also, true. Why did I pull up the Timberwolves I roster? Have no idea. <laughs> so Sacramento Kings. Let's see. How, how many other kings can we name? Not many. <laughs> oh, they have Bogdan Bogdanovich. I forgot about that. He's a good Corey player. Corey Brewer, baby. He's oh, a good player. Oh, good old Corey Brewer. Harry Giles, he's been decent for him. Rashawn Holmes was decent. Oh, they got Alex Len also. And Jabari Parker from the Hawks. Ooh, that's a rough, <laughs> that's a rough roster. They, I mean, they have some pieces. That's why it's so interesting what they do. Like, Buddy Heald is good. De'Aaron Fox is good. Harrison Barnes is good. Bielitz is good. Bogdan Bogdanovich is good. They have a lot of good players, but they don't have stars. Like, they don't have what it takes. I think Harrison Barnes gets traded. Yeah, his problem is money, but he's a good player. He's making a lot of money. He would, I mean, he would be a good fit, though, in somewhere like Minnesota. I wouldn't hate it. He's not asked to do a lot on offense. <laughs> and can play solid defense. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's going to be an interesting draft. I, I think 
I don't think I don't think anybody who's drafted there's gonna be no big revelations of like oh I can't believe so and so went wherever like it's gonna be whatever the the picks themselves are gonna be kind of yeah I don't want to use the word lackluster I think if the wolves have to pick if they pick somebody number one they're pick they're probably taking Lamella Ball I would imagine they'd take him number one but. The, the draft is sort of like if you wanted to play March Madness, where no one gets the whole thing correctly. Like, no one's going to get 1 through 14 correctly. What will matter more this draft, I think, than a lot, especially when you're talking about the, the salary cap is going to go down. There's a lot of questions with money, that kind of yep. stuff. There's not a lot of teams with money right now either. So I, I do think teams are going to be more active in trades. I think you're going to see a lot more movement in trades because – there is talent in the draft. I'm not saying there's not talent. No. It's just not top-heavy. It's very, very spread out. So I think there are several teams who want to move either down or out of the draft. And there may be some really crappy teams that use this to get future picks, uh, some, some different assets, or maybe even try and get a couple of picks this year. Hey, maybe we can grab a couple of players who could be contributors in the future. Who knows? So so the whole point of the process with the 76ers was basically that the draft is mostly a crapshoot. It's really rare that there's a number one pick who's like LeBron James or something. You're like, well, that guy's number one. No question. I mean, Luca was pretty close to that and he went number three. Right. Um, So really the best way to get a superstar is to have more chances. It's just because it is a lottery, essentially. You know, there's a lot of good players, and just some of them develop into superstars, and some of them just fizzle out into kind of nothing. So if you can trade down and get more picks, either this year or next year, the more chances you have, the better your odds are. It's really as simple as that. Obviously, the higher the picks are, the better the shot also, but it doesn't always have to be the case. But if I'm a Sacramento, I'm looking for 22, 23. I'm looking a couple years down the road. Yeah, I mean, if you, if or you Detroit, get... I'm looking a couple years down the road because it's gonna be a bumpy ride. Yeah, it is, and just having those in your arsenal too will help you if something happens. Like you, you have a superstar at two years out from now, and you want to trade one of those picks, or you have a player who's who's producing now for you that maybe has like a career altering or ending injury. Yep. Which NBA they, franchises <laughs> are always thinking multiple steps ahead. Always. They well, always want to have the good most ones. of them. The good ones. Most of them. <laughs> they all, they want to have assets. They want to have a plan. If a player either leaves or has an injury, they always most of them have plans for that kind of contingency plans. So Yep. That that wraps up the the bad teams to talk about. Everyone else's is kinda taking their picks, taking their medicine and Moving on with life. We'll see how it shape shape shakes out. Rather, um, I uh, I'm looking forward to it. I just kind of want it to be over so we can see what the wolves are going to do. Um, you yeah, know, having I, John Collins as the starting power forward will be pretty cool. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I personally never watch the draft. I just read about it later. I always watch the draft. This is so much like. I wonder how they're going to do it this year. You can't shake. It's all virtual. Yeah, you can't shake hands. They're There's not no there. walking on stage. It's all virtual. It's all online. Nice. Which I actually think will be fine. Yeah, it'll be like whatever. everything else. So I don't know. Um, I I'm still not going to be bothered to watch it. I'll just read about it. 
If you listen to this before your polls close on November 3rd, vote, 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 vote. vote. Let's get uh, let's get old man Biden in the Oval Office and the orange goonie out. And uh, that's all we have. Again, well, shout out, shout out to Barack Obama because he's just the all time great. He's he's saves he's, an he's NBA the NBA season. Save the NBA season. Of course, of course, Barack Obama saved the NBA. We Why sh- are we surprised? We should have guessed that. We should have. We really should. Because it was kind of curious when it's like. There's all this doom and gloom. We're not sure what's going to happen. Then all of a sudden, we're good. We should have known that it was someone like Obama who's like, guys, I'm not going to sit here and not watch fucking basketball. <laughs> I'm going to watch the NBA. I really hope he cussed them too. That, <laughs> would, be, that would be amazing. <laughs> like They tell this nice story together on LeBron's show, but I feel like Obama's like, Look, you fucking idiots. <laughs> Obviously, Black Lives Matter. Obviously, it's so important what happened in Kenosha was a tragedy. But if I don't get to see you win another ring, LeBron, I'm going to be so fucking pissed off. <laughs> yeah, he gets a text message from Chris Paul, and he's like, hold up. Gets on, like, FaceTime or whatever, and he's like, listen here, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't have basketball to talk about, <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> you want crazy Obama, or you want sane Obama? I need good basketball to feed me so I can stump for Joe Biden, because <laughs> it's going to be a challenge, Okay. <laughs> Now listen, I get it. You know, there's a lot of shit that's going on. We'll deal with it. <laughs> but I'm fucking Barack Obama. Do it for me. Give me basketball, please. <laughs> By the way, Obama was stumping for Joe Biden yesterday. They were in, I think, Flint, Michigan. There's this really sick video. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Paul. Oh, I have not. Obama's in a gym. You can pull it up in a minute. Obama's in a gym. In a basketball gym. Okay. okay? Uh, and... He takes a corner three and just first attempt just sinks it. It is just sick. nice. Walks off. Nice. Just classic Obama. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's all. Until next time, I'm Matt. I'm Paul. Thanks for listening to Basketballers.